Hey, this is Life and Things Podcast with Corinne. Today I'm going to go over some good news, followed by what you can be doing for yourself every day to help you positively improve yourself. And then um, I've got a couple things I want to talk about, things that I'm working on and things that I love. And then we're going to finish off with some history lessons, some things that I'm reteaching myself after all of these years. Um, And it will be mostly about the Declaration of Independence. So I hope that you enjoy it. All right, let's get into some good news. So we kind of always expect this time of year, you know, the the magical time of Christmas, um, with children and Santa and all of these just amazingly beautiful displays of lights to be very magical and positive. And it still is. So one of the articles I found today by sunnyskies.com talks about an eight-year-old who is selling cupcakes to buy Christmas gifts for foster kids. So this young girl is from Pearl, Texas, and she basically has decided that she wants to do something that will help people who don't get to have the kind of Christmas that, you know, some of us with dual parents do. So the eight-year-old, her name is Summer Lynn, wants to help those who might feel like no one cares about them and feel wanted and loved this holiday season. So she's baking and selling cupcakes to buy Christmas gifts for foster kids because she knows it's hard for Santa to find the foster kids. So he's very busy, she said, and they get moved a lot. So they're special no matter what anyone says or does. Seriously, they deserve a good Christmas, according to to Summer Lynn. And she's already adopted 13 kids for Christmas to give them gifts. And she doesn't show any signs of stopping. So this is just a beautiful story. There's a lot of kids in our foster systems right now. So anything that we can do for those foster kids is a beautiful thing. So I wanted to share that one. The second thing that I wanted to share with you guys that is another beautiful, beautiful idea. This is through goodnewsnetwork.org. And what this one is stating is that there are vending machines that have now become giving machines where people can donate chickens, blankets, boots, or basketballs. I don't know why they chose those few options. I think that looks just from the pictures, it looks like there's a lot more options, but I guess they didn't want to list them all. Um, So it says employees or employing the common and easy understood method of vending machines, these giving machines allow passerbys in America cities, American cities to make a charitable donation to a fellow citizen through local and global causes, catering to impulsive givers to indulge their altruistic impulses. They can use the vending machines to purchase anything from a single goat or two chickens to providing a household cleaning kit polio vaccines, or even a day at Yankee Stadium for an uh, orphaned teen. When donors make their purchases via credit card, the giving machine dispenses a postcard featuring an image and description of their donation. 
Of the 10 cities with the vending machines nationwide, one of them will be located in Rockefeller Center in New York City, just south of its famed Christmas tree. The machine will kick off on Tuesday, November 30th, so it's already begun. (laughs) The day known as Giving Tuesday. With speeches from people at UNICEF, WaterAid, UNHCR, CARE, Mariano Riviera Foundation, and other charities. The first giving machine ever installed opened in 2017 in Salt Lake City, Utah, where the sponsoring organization, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is headquartered. The Utah pilot program was impressive, yielding donations totaling more than half a million dollars And then one year later, the response was even stronger with more than 2.3 million donations through a total of 92,190 giving machine transactions. In 2019, the program expanded and donations topped 6.2 million with two locations outside the U.S. that year. And that was in the Philippine capital and London. After being halted in 2020 due to COVID, the giving machines are back in 10 different U.S. cities with the sponsoring church covering all the administrative costs for the campaign so that 100% of each donation goes to its charity. So where are these suckers going to be located? Here we go. There will be one in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, and it's currently active in downtown Summerlin Mall. There's one in Nashville, Tennessee, currently active in 18 Bridgestone Arena. There's one in Honolulu, Hawaii, currently active in the Pearl Ridge Center. Or Orem, Utah, University Place Mall on November 23rd is when it will be would have been installed. On November 24th, they installed one in Salt Lake City, Utah by City Creek Center. On the 27th of November, they uh, installed one in Oakland, California, near Temple Hill. There is one that was put up in November 20 on November 29th at Water Tower Plaza in Gilbert, Arizona. On November 30th, these three were then put up. One in Denver, Colorado by Ryder Square. One in Kansas City, Missouri near Crown Center. And one in New York City, New York in Rockefeller Plaza. So there are the locations of all of these, I guess, giving machines, which I think is just a really cool idea, especially if these donations truly do go to the people in need. So very cool, very cool idea. I hope that they have a lot of success this year with getting donations to the people in need. They say that in 2019, a total of 255,814 items were purchased from the giving machine and they were presented like this. There was 31,006 transactions made for three chickens. There was 15,132 transactions for 100 polio vaccines. There was 12,623 transactions for take-home meals for a child. 10,187 transactions for the one sheep and 9,730 transactions for a box of fresh produce. So what I have to say about this, especially with the um, take home meals for a child, 
there is definitely a lot of people, especially this year, where food is not an easy thing to come by. Um, the Those who were already in need have probably gotten a bit worse this year due to the inflation and the lack of um, work that they had had to endure for the last two years. You know, and then there's other things going on right now that are probably compounding the issue, you know, the mandates and all of that. So I would say giving this year is definitely very important, especially if you have a means to do so. So please, please, please go out there and find some way to donate to people. And, you know, I don't I'm not a big fan of donating to like the really big donation places like the Rockefeller Foundation. I probably wouldn't choose things like um uh, the places that where you donate your stuff and then they sell it to people <laughs> to make money. I'm not a big fan of those, but I am a big fan of anything that has to do with delivering food to people. I'm a big fan of being able to clothe children specifically, but also just households of people who maybe are not doing as well off. So that's why I donate a lot to the women's shelters. Um, it's Yeah. Children, children are probably the, the biggest priority in my eyes because there's so many of them and they have no choices. It's not like they can change their situation like us adults can. So please, please find some way to donate if you have the means, of course. If you don't have the means, I totally understand. And so would they. All right. The next one is in my opinion this is a really cool topic because you know we're all aging every year and I, at least i know i am i don't know about is there anybody out there not aging <laughs> so this article is all about the aging process and how we shouldn't be feeling our age so it, the title is feeling bolder not older and this is through the goodnewsnetwork.org it says here that more than 70% of older Americans feel younger than they actually are, and they are embracing their age, which I think is fabulous. Just because you're one year older every year does not mean that you have to start feeling like you're older every single year. Now, I get it. There will be times where you will feel the age, but I don't think that you always have to feel that age, right? I mean, not every year do you start getting more aches and pains. So... Here is what this article states. Age is nothing more than a number for the most older Americans, as 84% say that they have embraced age and they're living their best life. A survey of 2,000 people 65 years of age or older found nearly three quarters, being 72% of the people, feel younger than they are, with half of them saying they feel younger than 50 years old. The average person stopped, stops caring what others are thinking of their age at the age of 43. <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> Not that I care about really anything about my age right now, because who cares? You know, at the end of the day, we're all going to age. We're all going to, you know, get to be one year older every single year. And eventually we're going to start showing signs of it. So why, you know, let me just say this. We spend our best years in our youth worrying about all of the wrong things. I look back at my 20s and I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know, I was so hard on myself. I did not find myself attractive. I did not see the beauty in my youth. I worried about what other people were thinking about me, saying about me, feeling about me. You know, I've, I spent a lot of time with my feelings being hurt and I'm like, why? You know, now 
this many years, and I'm not going to tell you my age, but this many years later, I'm like, who cares? You know, I don't care if, you know, Joe Smo down the, down the street likes me, who cares? I'm going to be nice to them regardless because I'm, that's just how I am. But who cares what people think of you? The only person it should matter to is the person who's feeling it. It should not matter to you. And you just don't need to be around those people, in my opinion. Who cares about them? Bye-bye, you know? So it says, once again, the average person stops caring about what others think of their age at the age of 43. And over one-third of those polled said that being able to say what you want to say is one of the best things about getting older. And that's what I'm, that's what I was just saying, right? Stop caring about what people think. Be your authentic self. If they don't like you, they don't got to be around you, right? So as older Americans enjoy their golden years, people cited the best part of aging is having more time to do what they want and enjoying retirement. And that was according to 64% and 60% on retirement. Another recent poll showed that 45% of Americans age 50 and older reported having the best sex of their lives as they aged. The survey found that 35% are surprisingly more intimate than ever before. So not only do you have to look forward to not caring about what people say about you if you're not, if you're not already in that age group, um, but then on top of that, you get a better intimate life. That's fabulous. That is fabulous. So, and if you are of those ages and you don't have those two things, man, work on that because there are people your age doing this, having their best life and you should too. So another recent poll showed that 45% of Americans age 50 and older reported having the, yeah, okay, I already said that. (laughs) I already read that. (sighs) They say that the results show that 58% of elders are also tapping into their younger selves by using social media to communicate with their families and friends. Now, social media is good in some ways and bad in others, in my opinion. You know, my daughter's addicted to it, so I have to kind of curb that and try to move her away from being addicted because then she's not living in the now, which is terrible. Um, But I do think that keeping in touch with family and friends, especially if you live a far enough ways away, it is important. Social media can, can play a really crucial role in keeping in touch with people. Being able to share with them what's going on in your life through pictures and, you know, posts about things. And I think that's great. That's a great thing that social media has brought to the table. What it hasn't been bringing, the the negatives that go along with that, though, are, you know, people are freaking nasty sometimes on social media. We tear each other apart over politics and petty differences. Um, There's cyberbullying that goes on, especially in like the high school age kids. And I'm like, why? These kids need to just stop it. (laughs) And who's teaching them these things? Like, seriously, who is teaching them to bully people online? You can't say that that just happens naturally. So parents, do better. Um, With that being said, the baby boomers are reinventing what it means to age, and they resent those outdated stereotypes of older adults. They are letting their age interfere with the quality of their life because the best years of their lives are still ahead of them. So they're not letting age interfere with what they're able to do. They're still getting out there. They're still taking their hikes. They're walking. They're, 
you know, communicating with people there a lot of, okay. So this is funny. So I, I don't know if I've told a lot of people this, but I've mentioned, I think a few times on here as well as in my blog, but I've decided to go out and get my insurance um, broker license or agent license. It's the same thing. And one of the the people who are working with the company I'll, I'll be working with um, is a gentleman who built his agency in his 60s. So, you know, most 60 year olds are like, oh, I'm going to retire soon. Screw this. You know, not him. He decided, you know what? I'm going to make myself some extra cash. So he started to, he joined the team, started building his business. Before you know it, he was like an agency owner. He had all these people underneath of him. He was mentoring them, building them up. And now I think he's like 66 or 67, or I don't know, maybe even older than that. I'm not really sure, but he's definitely well into his sixties because he said it and he's built this like really great business and he's making a freaking ton of money doing it. And he's enjoying every second of it, especially when he celebrates with people in on his team who are making great progress towards their goals of being owners of their own agency. So it's, it's just a marvelous thing. And, you know, so age does not need to limit you. Age is another limiting belief. And I'm glad to see that there are people, especially in the baby boomer arena that are seeing that and realizing why am I acting my age? Why? And what is that really? It's something that somebody made up. (laughs) Somebody said like, when you're this old, this is how you act. Who cares? Act the way you want to. So with that being said, the best part of getting older, they stated was having more time to do what I want. 64% said that retiring was a positive. And 60% said that having more time to relax, 56%, spending time with my family, 49%, and being able to say what I want, 36%. And I can see that, you know, especially when you're working in corporate America, you have to be very mindful of what you say, how you say it, your body demeanor. You don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to upset anybody. (laughs) Otherwise you were like, scolded heavily by HR departments. So I can totally see why these people who've already lived that long life of having to deal with that are like, heck yeah, I can say whatever the heck I want now because (laughs) who cares? (laughs) Hello, welcome in. Um, So now I want to talk a little bit about what we can do for ourselves every day. I found this great article on bustle.com And it basically states these 11 things that we can do for ourselves that will positively, hey, Jill, how are you doing today? Are you doing good? (laughs) Well, thank you for the engagement and the hearts. Where are you calling or where are you in from? I'm here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So if you want, put in where you're where you're dialing in from. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. 
So I'll continue. Um, if you guys ever have anything to say, though, feel free to to stop me in the text. Boise, ah, Idaho, and upstate New York, fabulous. I'm sure it's really cold in upstate New York. I'm not sure about Idaho. <laughs> Today we're going to be having a very, really warm day. It's supposed to get up to 72 here in Georgia, which is crazy. <laughs> Burr. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. I'm going to continue on and just to give you guys a couple of the 11 things that I found here on bustle.com that we should be doing every day to help ourselves. So number one is stop justifying what you want. I think a lot of us spend way too much time sitting there and contemplating and judging ourselves and worrying about other people's judgments. So just stop justifying it. If you want something in your life, go for it. Uh, it says as number two, laugh out loud. Laughing out loud is absolutely one of the best things we can do for our health. And it also states, and in other things that I've read, that no matter what your mood is at the time that you are deciding to do this, if you even fake a laugh, your body will automatically start feeling better. <laughs> it's like a trick of the mind. They say smiling and smiling can not only help you, but it helps people around you as well. And even in bad situations, if you smile, it makes other people want to smile. It's kind of a contagious thing, just like laughter. It's known to reduce stress, make you look and seem more approachable and trustworthy by others. So it helps your social life. It says that you should also consider making something, whether it be a healthy meal homemade latte, or even some piece of artwork, they say that making something actually helps you feel more satisfied with your day because you've accomplished something and you have something to show for it. They say add a lemon to your water. Not only will this encourage you to drink more water, it says, but lemon is packed with lots of nutrients. So it helps you in so many different ways, including flushing toxins out of your body, which gives you a natural energy boost. I sometimes use lemon, but I also use essential oil lemon drops in my water. It says, give yourself some me time. With all of our busy, busy lives, it says me time can help you give yourself a breather, refresh your soul, give your oxygen more or give your body more oxygen because you can do some breathing. Um, also getting outside as your me time is very healthy because nature always helps the soul. It says learn something new, which I try to um, learn something new every single day. And what it says here is that every day should be a blessing. So do your brain a favor and feed it some delicious knowledge. I agree with that. Be with and talk to someone who makes you feel happy. I know a lot of people in the world end up having friends that sometimes are not exactly the most nutritious to the soul. And we are friends with them because we've been friends with them forever. Or maybe we just don't have any other options that we can see at the moment. But I can say this is that if you feel drained when you are around somebody, you probably want to limit that time because it'll only suck more of that energy out of you the more you spend time with them. And we should be finding people who are more like-minded 
in the way that we are, right? So we want to be with people who want to feel and be and do the things that are similar to us. Stretch it out and walk it off, they say. So exercise is incredibly good for you, and we all know that. But what this says is that if you do some just stretches at your desk or get up and walk around for a minute, maybe go get yourself some tea or coffee, which, by the way, are not horrible for you in moderation, um, it says here that it'll actually help you, your body and your mind feel less tension, feel more energized. All right. Get, forgive yourself is number 10. It says we all screw up and tend to be our own worst critics. And most of the time when we're being our worst, our own worst critic, a lot of times Nobody else is seeing that mistake or caring about that mistake anymore. We really are just sort of doing that to ourselves. So it says, forgive yourself. And then number 11, thank yourself. Because we do a lot of stuff every single day that are great things, by the way, whether you are a mother, a father, a friend, a grandparent, whatever it is that you, whatever part of life you're in, you are doing things for others, yourself, your family every single day. And though you, they may not tell you, they, I'm sure, you know, they feel it. They feel gratitude for it, though they might not always say it. And you know what? We need to give ourselves gratitude too, because, hey, we do a lot every single day. All right. So we've talked about the eight-year-old who has given gifts to orphans. Great thing. We've talked about vending machines that are now giving machines being put all over the country. We've talked about how aging should not make you feel older, but instead we should embrace it and live our best lives at every age. And we've now learned 11 things that we should be doing for ourselves every day. So I just want to quickly go over a couple of things that I have going on right now. Um, Besides my insurance agent's um, job that I'm trying to get up and working and trying to build an agency, I've also am really starting to love essential oils. So I've got essential oils. Um, I'll put a link in the thing for, for you guys to look at and read about. But I have had so many great benefits from this. Uh, somebody recommended essential oils to me because I was, you know, I was dealing with stress. I was dealing with a lot of different things in my life. Um, and this is a few months ago and I've got really bad psoriasis that flares up from time to time. And now I just feel like it's helped me just eliminate some of my stress. Detox, I think is another big thing it's done clearing the air and my psoriasis just seems to have vanished. So, and I'm not saying the essential oils have hundred percent done that, but definitely I think they've helped. Um, so I've got that going on. I've got thriveforwards.com, which is my website that I've gotten put together I do have an Etsy account because I really believe that we should be doing things that make us happy. So that's one thing that's making me happy. Um, I also have a blog that I write on uh, regularly, a few times a week at least. Um, so go check that out if you if you have a moment. And all of this you can get to through thriveforwards.com. Um, so there you have it. All right. Now that I've mentioned those things, I wanted to take some time. And in a previous um, episode, I believe it was episode eight, I think it was episode eight, I talked a little bit about the starts of um, the U.S. history and how we got to become an independent nation. 
I find this really interesting, mostly because of the fact that, you know, every year around the 4th of July, and I know that, you know, July 4th is passed a long time ago, but um, news anchors are constantly going out into society and asking all of these questions of our youth specifically about, you know, what the 4th of July is about and what year the Declaration of Independence was signed. And it's really astounding at how it just doesn't seem to be getting across to our youth about our history. Not saying that they're always telling us our history in, you know, total, but I just thought it would be very, you know, beneficial just to kind of recap what this whole thing is about, especially in today's day and age with everything we see going on in the news. Um, I think that it's really important that we kind of remember our history and kind of where we came from. So the last episode that I talked about this, I talked about, you know, the um, the Boston Tea Party and kind of like how that sort of kicked everything off for us wanting our freedom for Britain. So a lot of this information is on history.com and that's where I've, I've been researching and just kind of re, re, re reviving my knowledge because <laughs> it's been a long time since I've studied this in school. So the Declaration of Independence was the first formal statement by our nation and the people of our nation that asserted that their rights should be to choose their own government. And Britain did not, and it really got all kicked off because Britain did not give us a place at the table when it came to making these decisions as part of their parliament. So we had some key people who created a committee and that was Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and Thomas Jefferson, um, who created this Continental uh, Congress and this five-man committee that was going to determine and adopt the Declaration of Independence. So America before the Declaration of Independence, which Basically, I believe the Revolutionary War broke out a little bit before the Declaration of Independence because they kicked it off with the Boston Tea Party and all of that stuff. But those who were involved in this whole thing beforehand, you know, Britain attempted to crush the rebels before the Declaration of Independence. Um, There was a message to Parliament in 1775, October 1775, by King George III that rallied against the rebellious colonies and ordered the enlargement of the royal army. So then they brought in all these armed forces and they were kind of trying to extinguish the rebels. And that's what kind of kicked off the thought of, you know, we're going to get free. We're just going to get free of this. And, you know, at the time, there's only 13 colonies. So it wasn't as big and grandiose as we are today in the United States. So they had a lot less people to try to kind of get in cooperation with each other in order to pull this off. So Thomas Jefferson decides, okay, here we are, we're going to write this Declaration of Independence. And he earned the reputation at that time as an eloquent voice for the patriotic movement at the time in 1774, publishing something called a summary view of the rights of British America. And that's why he kind of was the the voice of the Declaration of Independence as well. And then it was brought before the Continental Congress. So what did this thing say? The Declaration of Independence 
Let me see. Ah, so in Congress, July 4th of 1776, the unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America. And it states, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one person or for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinion of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So this was kind of them kicking off the idea that, you know, it is their, it's by natural law, their right given by God to determine when they need to separate from a tyrannical government, basically. So it says here that we told the truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. I mean, I find this, this phrase in itself just sort of speaks volumes of how we wanted to start our government out for the people, by the people. And it's up to you to decide if we're still doing that today. But, you know, this is what we wanted at the start of our United States. So it says here, prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffering while evils are sufferable than to the rights themselves by abolishing the form of which they are accustomed by when a long train of abuses and un and usurpate or usurpations pursuing invariable the same object evidence a design to reduce them under absolute despotism it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future securities. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpation and having indirect objectives object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states to prove this let facts be submitted to a candid world so they've really taken this and kind of just laid out exactly why they decided they were going to declare independence from britain 
And, you know, I think that why this is so important is because even in this day, we see a lot of different countries going through very just tyrannical situations, whether it be for a good cause per the government's thought process or not, I still think that it is, you know, our rights, especially here in the United States, because, you know, this is what we started with, um, that we should have a right to say how our lives are going to be led. You know, we have very long lives to lead. We have, we're giving our governments tax money. We're giving them hard earned cash that we spend our blood and sweat getting. And we should be allowed to go after the things that we want. And we should be allowed to decide how our government is going to be governing us, which is why in the Declaration of Independence, they really wanted to keep things at the state level. And they wanted the state level to be something that we chose for ourselves at that state, you know, in that state. And I think that we can all see how this has kind of gotten a little bit skewed over time, but I'm going to continue. So he has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. And this whole time, once again, they're talking about the king of Great Britain. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so, 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 so suspended, he has uttered negligent or neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislation legislature a right inestimable to them and for formidable to tyrants only he has called together legislative bodies at places unusual uncomfortable and distant from the depository of their of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures so this too it just sounds so familiar of what's going on, um, at least in, in my mind. I don't know what your thoughts are. You can definitely chat about them if you want. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with mainly firmness his invasions of the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolution to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining the mean time exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. So basically, the king was not protecting them. He wasn't protecting them. He wasn't listening to them. He wasn't providing the safety and security that they needed through measures that they thought needed to happen. He was just ignoring them altogether and then putting his own tyranny in place to keep them quiet and in line. All right. So it goes on to say, he has endeavored to prevent the population of the United of the States for that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither and raising the conditions of new appropriation of lands. So he was not allowing them to do with the land as they so needed, right? 
He was obstructing the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. Now, in these times, obviously, the, the king was all the way over in Great Britain, right? And these colonies were all the way over here in the United States of the third, well, the 13 colonies who we weren't the United States at the time. And so we were going through all these different problems, situations where we really need to put things in place in order to make things good, right? I mean, you need, we need laws to a certain extent, right? So that we can keep people safe and, and, you know, and healthy. And he wasn't allowing them to do that. And he wasn't anywhere nearby. So he couldn't even see the things for himself. So we were just sort of stuck in limbo with all these things happening. He said, it says here that he has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their office and the amount and payment of their salaries. So they was controlling their wages, their salaries, and what their what they were allowed to decide. So judges couldn't really judge because only he could judge. He was erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither, swarming the offices to harass our people and eat eat out their substance. So he wasn't, yeah, he just was being malicious this whole time, the King of Britain. So he was kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislation. He was affecting affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He was combined, he combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by the mock trials from punishing for any murders which they could commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and um, enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fun fundamentally the forms of our governments for suspending our own legislation and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has ab abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burned our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to, com uh, to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny. 
already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. So this king, the king of Britain, was coming here and just obliterating us. And they'd had enough. They'd had enough. And it, it still continues. So he, they say he has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fit, fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrection amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. Now, whether that part is true or not, I'm not going to say because that's so long ago, but basically it was stating, oh, absolutely. Oh, go ahead and call in again. <laughs> I'm kind of new to this. So please do call in. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this topic. Right now, I'm just reading the Declaration of Independence because in my mind, I feel this is just an incredibly big, important thing, a document that was written so many years ago. And yet to this day, most, maybe not all of it, still rings true as to things we need to be concerned with. So please do call in again. I didn't notice it right away. For some reason, it didn't It didn't give me a sound in my ear like I thought it would. Um, it says here that in every stage of these oppressions, we have... Here, I'm going to bring this closer to me so that I can read it and still keep an eye on the, on the screen here. All right. Uh-oh. Yeah, okay. So in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petition have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be a ruler of free people nor have we been wanting in attention in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempting by their legislation to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their narrative, to their native justice and magnitude, magnanimity and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow their usurpation, which could inevitably interpret our connection and correspondence they too have been deaf to the ear of justice and of consanguinity we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind enemies in war and in peace friends. 
We therefore represent the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions due in the name of and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these states, these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiances to the Britain crown, and that all political connection between them and the states of Great Britain in and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliance, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. There was 56 signatures in all in the Declaration of Independence, and the states that were here at that time, the 13 colonies, were Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Massachusetts, Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New Hampshire. I feel like they said that one twice. They did. Either way, this is what they had constructed back in 1776. Now, I'm not going to say everything that this was one perception of what happened between um, Great Britain and the United States. However, I do think that freedom still rings true and that tyranny still can happen and can also kind of ruminate and Obviously, there's always going to be some power, some control that others want to have, right? I mean, power, money, all those things, they kind of do um, attract those who maybe are not with the best of, of intention for the people, <laughs> if I can say that so boldly. Um, and I'm not going to say that all people are like that. There are really good-hearted people in governments. But we also want to pay attention to our government and make sure that these kind of things do not continue. Another thing I wanted to kind of talk about here is that it says, well, as a summary, um, this is from MarcoLearning.com or yeah, .com. It says that it gives just a little explanation of the Declaration of Independence. And it says that in summary, the Declaration of Independence was adopted in 1776 in July almost a year after Great Britain and members of the 13 colonies first began an armed conflict over the right of the British government to rule the territories. Many colonies were strongly influenced by Enlightenment political theories about social contracts, which argued that a government could only rule if it had the consent of the governed. Now, this is not, this was not a very, um, strong belief system in a lot of places when it came to that, because, you know, like there was the Kings, there was the Queens and all of these, you know, rulers that were the ones who kind of like called the shots at the time. So this was maybe a slightly new perspective of the colonies because they really wanted to do their own thing and they wanted to do what was right for their citizens, which, you know, 
in all right, they probably should have had that right. So from the point of view of the colonies, Great Britain did not have the consent of the colonists, which they felt was necessary. And they believed that, you know, it was the right given to them by their creator. I mean, that's part of the Declaration of Independence. So the Declaration of Independence was their statement of grievances and their explanation as to why they no longer considered themselves under British rule. And, you know, through that, obviously, the war continued on and there was a lot of infight, a lot of fighting that went on between the colonies and Great Britain at the time that obviously ended in, in us having our freedom from Great Britain. Um, a lot of these same things, though, even to this day, are and can be a problem for us because, and I'm going to go into this a little bit more throughout um, my episodes. Um, obviously, I don't want to focus solely on this, but I think right now this is something I really want to learn about. And so if you really want to learn about this or want to re kind of look into this part of our history, um, please keep coming in. Um, I do know that I had this conversation with my niece. Um, she's in college now, so she's kind of getting there. <laughs> she's getting there. She's in her second year of college. She's figured out how she can graduate in three years. So she's got one year left after this year. Um, but she decided to go into sustainability as her degree, which, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things is great. Sustainability is really necessary. But we had a lot of great debates over this holiday, which were, you know, very nice. Not we weren't being mean to each other, nothing like that, but just debates over what sustainability is and how we can better get there. You know, you can't just call the shots and suddenly say, hey, you know, we're just going to put on all these restrictions on what you can and cannot use. You know, I told her that, you know, yes, we want to do what's right for our planet. Yes, we want to do what's right for our citizens. And we need change management to get there. So we had these these huge debates. One of the things that she had mentioned was that she took this quiz about what type of government that she best kind of associated herself with. And I'm just going to say this was a big learning for me because my idea of of a lot of what we talked about was not accurate. <laughs> so I learned a lot. Um, so she took it and she found out that she was best suited for a socialist government. You know, her beliefs, her ideas, her thoughts. I'm not, I don't feel that I would associate best with those myself. Um, so then I was like, oh, really? You know, I was a little bit perturbed by this. But then, you know, I found out quickly that my idea of socialism is not exactly what the real definition of socialism really is. And what I've been brought up to believe socialism is as Marxism. <laughs> so I did a little research on that, not saying that I'm still, I'm still not socialist. I believe in, you know, the country that I live in and what we're about per the Declaration of Independence. But Marxism is really what I've been taught socialism to be. Marxism is a social, political, and economic philosophy that was created by a man named Karl Marx. And some of the key takeaways of what this is, is it is social, political, and, and economic theory originated by Karl Marx to focus on the struggles between capitalism or capitalists and the working class. So in all from what I gathered from just the little bit of reading I've done is that the Marxist theory of, of socialism all in all basically portrays capitalism as one step 
in the historic progression of economic systems. Um, and basically it squashes out our capitalism that we pretty much have our entire government based on and our entire economic system based on here in the United States. Like, um, you know, it is the right of me and anyone else in this country to decide, you know, I'm going to start a business and through this business, I'm going to make money and I'm going to hire people and I'm going to create a company that creates this, you know? So through this capitalism, um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely different kind of squashes the capability of business owners to produce at the smallest level. And so here it states that the following are elements of Marxist theories of how class conflict would play out in a capitalist system. He says that capitalist society is made up of two classes. Um, and that those two classes and who controls the means of production and the basically the, the working class, the label labor transforms raw commodities into valuable economic goods, ordinary laborers who do not own the means of production, such as factories, buildings, and materials have little power in the capitalist economic system, which I totally agree with to a certain extent. However, we shouldn't, remove the capability of the worker working class to be able to, to do more and build themselves, which has happened time and time again here in this country. You know, we've seen, you know, a janitor, for example, I've heard stories, a janitor who suddenly created something and became a CEO of a company. I mean, these, these stories exist and under a socialist government, it would not happen as well. You know, we wouldn't have the capability of the American dream of building the, the life that we really want. Um, but we do have a lot of socialist type things here in the United States, like Social Security. So there are certain things that we do that maybe aren't done as well as they could be. But um, ask your question. What's your name? My name's Corinne, by the way. <laughs> Are you the one that called in earlier? All right. If you want, you can call in again. I would love to talk to you about this. You're from Bulgaria? All right, so what do you think about the United States Declaration of Independence? Because I know that you were listening to a lot of what I was reading. What are your thoughts on it about the the way that our that the United States initially removed themselves from Great Britain? I'm sure that you're what you guys are taught are probably different than what we are being taught here. Oh. Hi. 
Hi. Hi. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Uh, hello. I'm a teacher actually from Bulgaria, and I wanted to uh, present to my uh, pupils uh, English uh, podcast. What what is this? What is it? And yeah. It was interesting yeah. for me to show them. What are you actually doing, guys? Ah, so you are, <laughs> so you're um, with your students right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Hello. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, so I have just gotten very intrigued by the history of the United States, mostly because, you know, there's a lot going on in this world right now. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say what's happening in all the different countries because we're only hearing a small bit of it, right? Yeah, there are a big difference uh, when you be, when you start from the vaccination and all this uh, restriction. Uh, actually, I, I my boyfriend uh, lives in uh, UK. It's so difficult when I'm coming uh, when I'm going uh, to to London to England, and we have to do all this about vaccination things, PCR and so on. It it changes. People so much. I think mm, that things will become worse and worse in every day. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's not true, but it does seem like it is getting worse, especially when, and I'm not sure if what I hear is happening is really happening in Australia and Austria, mm-hmm. but it sounds like they're really kind of being put through the ringer by their governments. Uh, I don't know what what is actually the topic uh, on your last uh, on today or. Oh, well, today I was talking about the Declaration of Independence, which is the beginning of the United States kind of becoming their own entity away from Britain. And this happened a long time ago in the 1700s. Um, Maybe I I didn't. I don't know about much of, of that. Yeah, it it is. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And then on top of that, you know, our government has changed a lot over time, which is where I'm going to end up going with this. Um, Mm -hmm. Initially, the whole point of us getting away from Britain was to become a free nation, where we could decide for ourselves you know, what our lives were going to look like and what our governments were going to look like. And so it was supposed Mm -hmm. to be for the people, by the people. That was the whole idea. And over time, the federal government kind of has gotten more and more powerful, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's important to know the opinion of all all the peoples. And maybe it's uh, it will be useful to find uh, each government to find a way how how to ask all of his peoples about what is best for them, what they want to change, ideas. I think this is a common problem. Mm-hmm. And government should give much more uh, freedom to, to to talking about problems and etc. And so things and give us suggestions. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, who better to know what is best for them than the people themselves, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, anyways, um, how what is it like in Bulgaria? I've never been there. <laughs> oh, it's critical, crucial. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We have actually very beautiful nature, so much things to do, caves, rivers, mountains, and minerals, um, mineral water, Etc. Etc. Very beautiful. Uh, England people love and desire 
to live here. I have a lot of friends which came from England and uh, bought many places and houses here. Um, it, but uh, about the government, uh, the sad things is that actually the money which we receive, for example, my my teacher sell teacher pay, payment yeah. is very yeah. low. And by and about when we I have to pay the electricity, I just don't have much time, uh, much much money to to do what I want. Only I have uh, I have money to buy uh, electricity, water, and these these things. You know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's okay. happening. I feel like that's happening around the world right now, um, and it's getting worse. You know what I mean? So like what like we can buy. Gas station. Oh my god, gas station. Oh, yes. The gas prices have just absolutely become immensely ridiculous. And food prices here in the United States have gone up. Have you seen that there too? Uh yeah. Mm, they have also become uh, not not too high. Yeah, high. A little bit high. And have you guys noticed any um, changes in the quantity of things that are being offered at the store? Mm, no, not so much. Maybe I, I don't. I don't see the different, but I don't know. I, I'm not the, the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're you're a teacher of um, what what grade level? Uh, grade level second. Very nice. My daughter is in third grade right now. <laughs> And she's at school right now as well. Um, so are you in, in the class right now? Is that what you're doing? Or do you do school out of? Yeah, I'm at school. I have one uh, children. Uh, I'm waiting for his parents. Ah, so you guys, what time is it there? Uh, now it's uh, uh, five, five o'clock. Five, five o'clock at night? Two different, two, different uh, two hours different. You are three, we are five. I'm, it's 10 a.m. here. Uh, here's uh, 3 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that and makes sense. Two or three, <laughs> we are five. We are five. We are five o'clock. Okay. Two you hours. Guys are... hmm. Okay. Um, my sister is also a school teacher, but she does high school. Mm -hmm. And I do not think they pay teachers enough yeah, here as well. They do not at all, no. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you guys have such a huge job. I mean, you guys are teaching the next generation, and definitely you guys are not making enough. To talk with you, thank you for uh, for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You for, thank you for calling in, and I hope I see you on here again. Uh, oh, of course, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Also to improve my English because I want to, to live in England with my boyfriend who suggested me to, to, to live uh, there, not in Bulgaria. He's actually in Bulgaria, but he prefers to stay in England, so we want to settle there. Oh, that would be awesome. And yeah, I, I've never been to either place, honestly, but I've, you know, at least I've studied it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and where are you? Um, I'm in Georgia, in, in the United States. Oh, oh, United States. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I've never uh, been overseas. I wish you to come to come and see uh, both countries. And Bulgaria is perfect. You, you will see so much things to, 
to, to see here. Oh, beautiful, beautiful mountains, beautiful sights. You can uh, you can just see pictures and and things that internet, Google, you'll find very, very I will definitely place. do that. And someday I'm going to be able to travel again. And yeah, I, I completely yeah. once I get enough money saved, I do plan on doing a nice trip overseas. So I hope but, everyone can be easily for us. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you've got to believe it's going to happen, right? We can't, yeah. we have to have hope. We just pray. We just pray and wish to. Absolutely. Don't, here. do not lose hope because things have yeah, got to get better. <laughs> That's right. Positive thinking is much better. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. And Thank you. Have a nice yeah, thank you. Bye. 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 Hello? Okay. All right. So now that I've gone over the history of the Declaration of Independence, um, I would love to have more Collins as time goes on, but my time is up for today. So I'm going to uh, see you all later. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. If you have time, check out my website, thriveforwards.com. I've got a blog as well. Um, so I hope to see you guys again on the next one. Bye.